Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590 The Fan. I'm your host, Wayne Malou. Late night, but worst thing up for, I mean, genuinely, I'm buzzing after this game. And that's not just because I had three coffees in preparation to this 10 uh, p.m. start uh, in Eastern time zone. Uh, because, wow, what a showing by the Raptors. Winning by a score of 113 to 95. I don't think I've ever felt this good about a win over Sacramento. But Sacramento's a really good team this year. They're really good this year. Um, they're 27 and 20. They had just come off a long win streak. They're third in the, the West. One of the best teams in the league uh, at home, playing beautiful basketball. They average 120 points per game. Like, this is not just like, oh, for like for a month or something like that. You know, some teams can get hot. They average 120 points per game on the season, having played 57 games. And the Raptors defense held them to 95 points. And that's, I think that's where you got to start with this one. The defense in this one, the Raptors played up to their potential defensively. And I'm not saying that they got to do this every single game. Not everyone lives with their potential every single day, right? Um, very few people do that. And the very few who do are, you know, the best among us, really. But, I mean, wow. This was the Raptors' best um, collective performance of the season. By the way, 95 points for Sacramento tied for their lowest on the season uh, in terms of scored uh, by the team. Actually, no, no, sorry. That is their lowest. My bad. Uh, the, the previous low was 99, uh, which came in a road loss to New York during a long road trip. Um so there are, are no other instances in the 57 games that Sacramento has played all season where they have scored less than 100 points, except for one time they allowed 90 or they scored 99 and this time 95 by the Raptors. And, you know, the Raptors defensively, that was the focus, right? Nick Nurse had that film session in practice on uh, Tuesday before the Raptors flew out to the West Coast for the seven game road trip. You know, it wasn't necessarily supposed to be leaked based on Nick's reaction, but Thad Young tipped us in in terms of just what they have discussed, getting back to the identity, getting back to a team that other uh, teams fear, especially on the defensive end. Offensively, obviously, the Raptors are going to be what they are. Um, but defensively, getting back to that identity of disruptiveness, of helping each other, of you know, um, making sure everyone's there for the rotations, getting back in transition, forcing the next action. And listen, this is a really tough test. I know it's just the Sacramento Kings. I know the jersey says Kings. I know their, their their playoff drought is 16 years, which is just like an absurd number to think about. Imagine not making the playoffs for 16 straight years. They'll make it this year. Um, but they're an amazing offense. They have shooters. They have a really, really good point guard in De'Aaron Fox, who's so quick going end-to-end. They have Sabonis, who is one of the best half-court um, distributors in the league this season, he's going to go to the All-Star game as well. Not a first, but first time for him in the Western Conference. They got lots of sh- – everyone's a shooter. You know, Keegan Murray's a shooter. He was just splashing threes. Kevin Herter's a, a shooter, you know, looking like Brian Windhorst's son with a headband, shooting threes, no no problem for him. Harrison Barnes knocking down threes. They got they can bring guys off the bench. Malik Monk's a, a, a lethal shooter as well. You know, this is a team that's really hard to stop. They play at a great pace, especially at home. They got a great home crowd. They've always had a great home crowd, but they're really energized this season. Imagine not making the playoffs for 16 straight years and you see this kind of product. Hard to beat that kind of enthusiasm at home. And the Raptors came in, and I again, I just cannot say enough about how together the team played defensively. Because that's the thing for me, right? The Raptors this season, when you think about why are they less than some other parts, 
Well, first off, usually that means that they're not playing well enough defensively together. Um, and the reason they're not playing well enough defensively is because they need to help each other. And there is enough stops in this game alone for Toronto that they can show this. And they should, they should honestly take the game tape for this one, put it on Blu-ray, put it on DVD, put it on VHS, whatever you need. Like have some hard copies of this one, something like an SD card or something. So you could show it time and time again. You could show this type of defense to the team in every film session, remind them how good they can be defensively because they play together helping each other. And I thought that third quarter where the Raptors won 26 to 17, that was the pivotal stretch there where when you see them playing together as a team, this is what I mean, okay? It starts with Pascal Siakam helping on an OG and an OB who's guarding Harrison Barnes driving to the rim. Pascal comes over, stops Harrison Barnes short. Harrison goes up for the shot. OG blocks him, bounces off of him out of bounds, turnover to the Raptors. So that's Pascal helping OG, right? Then you got Fred helping OG. OG's guarding Sabonis in the post. Fred comes over, ducks in for the for the steal, one of his four steals on the night for Fred Van Bleed, although I could have sworn Raptors PR said five. Um, but regardless, four steals, two blocks for Fred Van Bleed tonight. Fred comes over, doubles in on Sabonis, uh, gets the steal. So that's Fred helping OG. Then next play, OG helps Pascal. Because the Raptors had just missed the shot. Fox has the rebound. He's sprinting down the floor. Might be one of the most dangerous plays in the NBA. Literally, just that play alone. And Fox is sprinting down the floor. Pascal is back in position to check him. But you don't, it doesn't take one guy to stop a guy like that. He's so quick, he can go left, go right. You never know, right? OG's there, though, to help in and wall off that first transition push. And so Fox has to sort of reset, wait for the trailer to come in, Sabonis. Now, Sabonis is charging down the floor, and he's not stopping his cut. And, and Fox finds him on the move. But guess what? OG and Obi stands in there for a charge. So that's OG helping Pascal. After Pascal helped OG, after Fred had helped OG. Then Fox has um, Fred one-on-one. Fred's doing a decent job keeping the ball in front. But Fox is still a really, really tough cover, especially because he's got such a good pull-up mid-range game nowadays. Had a couple of years now, but especially this year, it's working really well. He's attacking Fred in isolation in the mid-range, and he's about to pull up. Scotty comes over with a double team, uh, forces Fox to backpedal, and eventually Fox has to put up a jumper late in the clock, uh, and it airballs. So that's now Scotty helping Fred. And then Pascal literally makes four straight stops at the rim by himself. First play, the Raptors actually get confused on defense two guys blitz at the top uh, above the three-point arc the kings make the pass down low to sabonis on the cut um, towards the basket and that's a killer scenario that's just a killer scenario right he's such a good passer and he's a good finisher but guess what pascal rotates over as the third man on the play bails out his teammates helps two guys out because two guys made a mistake not talking to each other but pascal rotates over to the basket bumps sabonis before he goes up and Sabonis misses the shot. Pascal gets the rebound. Then you have a play where Pascal is, uh, you know, uh, again in a two-on-one scenario defending in terms of he's the one. Sabonis coming downhill uh, after, again, the, the, the Raptors trapped at the top and the Kings made the extra pass to Sabonis in the middle, who's a great passer. Again, he has a two-on-one, tries to throw a lob to to Chemezi Metu, who's, under, who's a big under the basket. And Pascal um, gaps it perfectly where he doesn't, uh, allow the open shot to Sabonis in the in the mid-range or the floater or anything like that, but then also being back enough to break up the pass, guarding one-on-two 
to create the deflection and, and the steal and ultimately get the Raptors out in transition. Then you had another scenario where Pascal is just guarding Sabonis one-on-one in the post. Sabonis is a bigger guy, seven-footer, all that stuff. But Pascal, physicality was perfect in that play. Bumps him, extends the arms. And obviously Sabonis is not a lethal jumper or anything like that. It doesn't fully create enough separation in the way Jokic can. Obviously Jokic is just a thicker dude overall. Uh, and Pascal is able to force a bonus into the miss, collect the rebound, another stop at the rim. And then another instance of Pascal taking charge here. Davion Mitchell attacks the closeout for the Kings. Um, he's, you know, a quick guard, gets downhill. He's going to the basket for a layup, except Pascal's there, chase down block, swats him at the rim. And just beautiful, beautiful stuff. And it just kind of continues. Even when the bench comes in, Chris Boucher Xing out to the corner, blocking a, a, a three after the Kings had, you know, had pretty good ball movement to rotate the ball out to the corners where the Raptors are usually pretty weak. Chris Boucher blocks it. That's what I'm talking about. When you got Pascal helping OG, when you got Fred helping OG, when you got OG pa- helping Pascal, when you got Scotty helping Fred, when you got Pascal helping two teammates, that is team defense, right? The Raptors have good individual defenders, but this is a team, especially the system that the Knickers likes to play, especially how much zone they like to play, especially how much mismatch basketball they have to sort of contend with, with the fact that they don't have a traditional starting five uh, in terms of like someone to match the bonus or even someone to to, to guard Fox, right? And there's nobody, like, I, I don't think Fred and Gary, as good as they are in terms of, you know, defensively in moments, they're not guys who can just shut down Fox one-on-one. And, uh, you know, Pascal and Scotty, they're not guys who can just shut down DeMontis one-on-one. They got to play team defense. They got to play together. And wow, it was really fun to watch them play together, you know? And it makes you wonder, okay, where was this all season, right? Why did you not do this earlier in the year? But then again, you know, I, I'm just happy that they did it. Like, this was such a good game to watch. You know, something that I've been talking on the show a lot is just about the watchability of the product. And sometimes you watch these games and the Raptors fight to the end or they make a late comeback, but they, they come up short and, you know, they go on these offensive droughts and they, they leak out in transition and their leads evaporate and all this other stuff. You know, you, you do worry about the fact that, OK, this is just not watchable. It's just like your turn, my turn. Nobody helping each other on defense. Guys throwing their arms up because they're not getting passes. Guys complaining to the referee because they didn't get the call. You know, guys picking up technical fouls. You know what I mean? Nick, there's having to waste his timeouts, all this other stuff. Gone. Gone in this game. Perfect behavior in this one. You had plays where, OK, yeah, you know what? The Raptors didn't go to the free throw line a lot. They only went to the free throw line seven times all game. Seven times. And it's not like the Raptors weren't going to the basket, weren't beating guys. Get this. Not a single guy went to the free throw line more than one trip. Pascal went there for two free throws. Scotty went there for two free throws. Wancho went there for two free throws. And then Fred had a technical free throw or Fox was complaining to the officials about what? I can't imagine what you're complaining about when the other team has six total free throws just over the course of regular play. So... You had plenty of opportunities to complain to the officials, but they didn't. You know, you had Scotty with a with a with a no call, doesn't yell at the official, right? Yeah, he talks to him. He's like, "Hey, I want that call," but he gets back on defense. Chris Boucher fouled by uh, Kevin Herter under the basket. I thought it was fairly clear. Two hands across the arms as he's going up to shoot. That's a foul. Instead, they call it as a strip. The Kings go back the other way. Chris Boucher, what does he do? Picks himself up off the floor, goes all the way back on defense. Right. And it's not just like the the the, the transition defense in terms of not um, com- complaining. That's the bare minimum, what you can do. But it's also like if the Raptors miss a shot, guys get back. And this is what I'm talking about late in the game. And Precious Achua played really well. He closed out the game uh, in place of OG. I know before the starters in the fourth quarter. Precious had a play where kind of stuck in the corner, late shot clock. Uh, there was a chance for him to rotate the ball back out to the top. He didn't ultimately take it. 
Um, and then he ultimately has to put the shot up, right? So he goes up for a step back three, doesn't make it because obviously, you know, that's too tough of a shot for him to make right now. So in after this miss, Precious is in his own is, is in the opponent three point corner. And the Kings grab the rebound and they're breaking. They're always breaking, always, always breaking. And eventually the Kings pass the ball around, touch the paint, swing it back out top, and then kick it out to the corner against the Raptors where they should, again, have a wide open three. And guess who gets all the way back to contest that shot? It's Precious Achua, who goes literally the full 94 feet from one corner to the other corner and and, and make sure that that three is contested and doesn't drop in. That was with like two minutes left in the game. The Raptors already won the game at that point. Fox and Sabonis were sitting on the bench at that point. They looked sad because they had 13 combined turnovers between the two of them. And you still had that kind of commitment by Precious Achua, who played 28 minutes, to break his neck, going all the way back the other way for that kind of defense. Two minutes left in the game. The Raptors, you know, uh, forced the Kings into another awkward possession. Guess who's diving on the floor? Pascal Siakam dives on the floor to tie up Davion Mitchell, forced the jump ball against a guard, and then wins the jump ball, wins possession for the Raptors. That should count as a steal. He's diving on the floor with two minutes left. The game's over. Right. That's the kind of commitment. And I'm, you know, on one hand, I'm like, I can't believe they didn't do this for so much of the season. But at the same time, you got to be encouraged by the fact that they actually came together. Like, you don't understand. They just this is a dominant defensive performance, just purely dominant. And it's not like outside of Pascal making that that stretch of plays that I described where he made four straight blocks essentially at the rim. um, This wasn't like anybody was just just, you know, holding their matchup one-on-one, anything like that. Very few one-on-one opportunities for anybody. Sabonis saw two guys all the time. Fox saw two guys all the time. And even the threes that the Kings were making, the Kings made 40% from three, which is you know apparently just standard for them nowadays. A lot of them were contested. In the fourth quarter, when the Kings were just trying to spark a comeback, and, and obviously the crowd's willing them into it, you know, Kevin Herter with a fadeaway three. You know, uh, you know Keegan Murray with just like a quick pull-up three, heavily contested knocks it down stuff like that like they were still making shots even Sabonis tossing a three he's not really a three-point shooter they were making shots and still the Raptors held them to this low of a of, of, a, of, a, of a game and again I think it starts with transition the Raptors commitment from the start of the game was just getting back on defense and yeah I mean look this is look this is this was such a watchable game like for anybody who stayed up you know, on the East Coast, anybody who stayed up in the Maritimes to watch this, because I know there's a lot of Raptor fans out, you know, in the Maritimes, you got to you get this game started at 11 for you. So you're, 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 if you're listening to this live, I mean, it's, uh, I don't know, man, it's at, at least 1 a.m., if not 2. Um, you know, you stayed up and you, and you really, really watched, um, you know, a quite a late game. But at the same time, you got to be enthralled. Like, no one cannot be energized by this kind of performance. It was great. And, of course, offensively, the Raptors really shared the ball. And, obviously, it's easier to share the ball when you are um, when you're getting stops, right? You play a lot of transition offense. But it wasn't necessarily even that. Like, the Kings, even though they missed shots or they turned the ball over, their transition defense, it's, uh, with the exception of live ball steals, which is, like, almost you can do nothing about that, you know, I thought they actually did a decent job defensively as well. They were they were pretty together, but at the same time, the Raptors just ball movement was really really good. You know, at the start of the game, it was Fred playing that pick and roll with Scotty Barnes, Scotty screening, and Fred is is operating. the The double teams come to Fred because last time Fred played Sacramento, he had scored thirty seven. So of course, I would double that guy too. Double team Fred Van Vliet at the top. The, the extra pass out to Scott, the, the 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 
pressure relief pass out to Scotty. Scotty making the extra pass out to corner three point shooters, setting guys up that way. And Scotty making that extra pass. I think at four assists in the first quarter. Right, that was a lot of their offense at the start. There wasn't a lot of Pascal attacking, initiating anything like that. Uh, he did knock down a three and stuff like that, but you know, it wasn't necessarily um, a Pascal dominated offense. They weren't coming down and just looking for him. They were running their sets. Guys were getting their turns. And, you know, even though the Raptors are only up one after the first quarter, I was very encouraged. I thought the Raptors missed some open threes. Um, and I thought that, uh, you know, the Raptors had a great defensive scheme. At the start, it was very apparent that Sabonis was already starting to turn the ball over and that Fox wasn't able to get to his shots. The fact that Fox only took 12 and Sabonis only took nine, if you combine the, if you hold those two guys with that kind of number, um, you're, you're already in a good spot, right? Um and the guys who were hurting the Raptors were like Herder and Murray, and these guys were knocking down threes. And, and look, listen, you got to live with this sometimes. This is a good team. They really, are, really are a good team this year. There's, they're not just the Kings. They're they're a really good team. But the second quarter, that's why I thought the Raptors were able to really build in and push their lead ahead. And again, it was a Scotty Barnes with the bench led group. Now the interesting thing is when Scotty is playing with the starting five, and OJ Anobi was able to return from um, I think an ankle injury. And he was able to play this game. No surprise. I mean, he was practicing and all that kind of stuff. So it was fine. Because um, when he's in the original starting five, Pascal, OG, Scotty, Fred, Gary, Scotty has to play more of a connecting role, right? He's screening for the ball. You're waking, they're playing for uh, in, a, in a game where you're sort of trying to connect the play, finish plays, stuff like that, where he's not handling as much, right? Because the advantage that you generate through Fred, through Pascal, through Gary, there's a lot of cr- initiators on the floor. You need somebody to screen and make the next play. And Scotty's really good at doing that. Then Nick Nurse takes him out early in the first quarter, brings in some energy guys, turns the offense even more to Fred and Pascal. But then he does that because at the start of the second quarter, he wants to be able to ride Scotty for the full stretch. And he does that. And now Scotty is leading the second group, totally different role. He goes from being connector to still connecting the play, but now he's running the play. Now he's orchestrator. Right now, he's got the ball in his hands and he's making reads. Now, the thing is with Scotty, especially with the group that he's playing him with, right? Because the second quarter it was Scotty, OG, Wancho, Precious Achua, Chris Boucher. Scotty is not going to be the aggressive score. Now, the interesting thing there is sometimes, of course, you wish he would be, but the thing is, you don't need him necessarily being an aggressive score. You need to be an aggressive initiator. And you saw in that stretch there at the start of the second quarter, Scotty Barnes touching the paint repeatedly and then making the passes out. Whether he's touching the paint and then, you know, with the little no look pass to uh, to pressure to Chris Boucher cutting at the basket for a dunk. Uh, whether that's Wancho Hernan Gomez cutting at Scotty Barnes finding with the bounce pass, beautiful stuff. Wancho doesn't finish, but he gets fouled. One of the f- six free throws the Raptors shot outside of technicals. Wow, truly. Uh, it, it, listen, it, it must have been a hard foul for if, if if Wancho got those two free throws. You know, um, Scotty Barnes running point where he's attacking, and this is an interesting play where the Raptors run a, a hammer action all the time, which is essentially on one side. Let's say okay, so uh, Scotty's got the ball, or whichever point guard's got the ball on the left side of the floor. They drive from the top to the baseline with full intention of making the pass because they're driving full speed. Mm-hmm. And on the on the right side of the floor, there is a pin-down screen. So someone is like uh, screening for another person away from the ball. And then the pass usually goes out to the corner, right? And the Raptors run this all the time. They run this all the time. They run it for Gary. They run it for OG. They run it for Fred. Normally, and I'm talking about 99% of the time, the pass, the hammer pass goes out to the corner. Except this time, 
the Raptors run the hammer play. Scotty Barnes has the ball on the left side, dribbles hard, goes downhill, leaves his feet. He's ready to whip that pass to the corner. The Kings did a really good job because guess what? The Kings run that play a lot too. They snuff it out. They have two guys closing out. One person obviously gets screened, but the second guy closes out to the corner. So the corner pass is not there. But guess what? Scotty Barnes throws a wraparound pass. Literally, he's out of bounds, right? But he's not. He's airborne, so he's, he can be out of bounds. He throws a wraparound pass with the left instead to the wing to Chris Boucher, who's that's the man who helped off to get into the corner. And Chris Boucher knocks down the wing three. Beautiful, beautiful setup. You very rarely see that play because, again, most people who are running the hammer action, especially guards, don't have the length to pass around a shot contest midair and throw an accurate pass into the shooting pocket. That's special from Scotty Barnes, what he just did right there. And he did such a great job of running that group. You know, quick transition, you know, uh, you know, uh, kick out to Precious. Precious missed a three, but great offense. You know, and then, of course, the thing is, you have, like, late clock possessions that you still need to be able to handle, right? Because, look, ultimately, you're not going to just be able to run your set actions and get open looks all the time. Even if you got great passing vision, sometimes you still got to create the score. And I thought Scotty, with uh, in a late shot clock scenario there, he was able to drive, hesitate, um, up fake, pump fake, and draw Trey Lyles into the air. Uh, who jumped and uh, Scotty was able to take the contact and go to the free throw line again for one of the Raptors' sixth actual free throws in the game that weren't technicals. I can't believe that number. Um, but, you know, you still have a bit of that, right? And so, yeah, the, you know, Nick Nurse rode with that group for six minutes. Now, part of the reason he rode with that group is because they were giving great defensive energy as well. And, of course, there were other kind of scramble plays, right? Like, Precious is so good at making something out of nothing. And Chris Boucher is the ultimate recycler, right? He's able to finish sequences where you missed a shot or it's a broken play and the ball squirts out to the top and he he, he takes a, a three and, and it kind of is momentum breaking. He was doing a great job, obviously, there too. But Scotty at the dials, I thought, was just such a great, such a great job. You know, it's like watching in soccer. The most important position is midfield. It's not striker. It's not defender. It's not goalie. It, it's midfield. And the reason for that is because you need to be able to control the pace, dictate the action, and set other guys into motion. Some of the best players you've ever seen are not strikers. They're midfielders. They direct and they amplify both the defense and the offense. I thought that's what Scotty was doing with that group. And, of course, look, listen, that group defensively was doing great. You know, like when you have five guys who are all 6'9 and able to switch everything, you can zone. If they play together, again, they help each other. They can do great stuff. And then, of course, having built the lead, they're able to turn it back over to the starters and they come in and they do the same thing. It wasn't like any sort of drop off. Sometimes you see when the bench does well, they do it with energy. But then when the starters come in, they try to do it with skill alone. And that doesn't work out. To be honest, no offense to Raptors skill, guys. They're not that skilled, right? Everybody on this team has to be an energy guy, right? That's the identity of the team. They're grinders. This is a grinding team. This is not a team that flashes and runs up and down, run and gun like Sacramento. They're not. Offensively, Sacramento's way more talented than Toronto. But defensively, not close, right? When the Raptors play to their potential, we see all here today. And, you know, you, you had some great plays. Nick Nurse left um, Chris Boucher in to finish the first half, which I thought was interesting um, because he offered the same opportunity to Precious in the second half. Uh, but, you know, Chris was making plays. You know, hard, you know, cl- uh, he someone closed out on him hard. He attacks a closeout, takes two dribbles, goes all the way to the rim, gets a layup beautiful play you know then fred with a step back mid-range jumper against sabonis you know the king started with trapping then they stopped trapping him try to do a little bit more switching or drop coverage fred's able to knock mid-range jumpers in at a very efficient rate today then fred with a really really contested but also a very skilled high floater bounce i mean it was like he was driving against the grain almost and this is going to sound like um you know 
Obviously, I'm not comparing the two plays. I'm just saying it's a similar play where similar to the Lebronto shot by LeBron made where you're running to the left corner and you're throwing it up with your right and bouncing it off the glass as you're sort of, you know, falling out. Clearly it's not like a, you know, career defining kind of shot the way LeBron did it, but yeah, Fred made one of those. Okay. Over Sabonis should have been a foul call, but again, those are hard to come by in this game apparently. Um, and then, yeah, guys were just, again, continuing to share the ball, playing defense. Gary Trent Jr. with the three at the top because Pascal's double team in the corner, easy play. Pascal finds, you know, Gary, at least once or twice per game on just very simple Pascal's posting at the top. The, the help comes from Gary's man. And then Pascal with a quick pass in the shooting pocket to Gary knocks it down for three. Um, you know, then you got Fred with the pick and with the hard drive in transition, pops it back out to the top for OG for three wide open, knocks it down. Uh, and then you had a play where, you know, the Raptors were, were kind of wild in possession, but Gary Trent literally takes it from a teammate and pulls up from the mid-range and knocks it down. So they're able to go into the halftime with a strong performance. And then, yeah, that third quarter, beautiful stuff. And I got to say, as good as Pascal was defensively, he was even better offensively. I thought in the early parts of the game, I thought Pascal was maybe taking quick shots, rush shots, stuff where he's sort of on the moves, you know, yelling, hey, you know, that kind of stuff. Like, okay. It sometimes works and sometimes it doesn't, right? Clearly the foul calls weren't coming today. So it's like, okay, well, how can Pascal get his offense? Well, first off, there's mismatches to attack on the Kings. And especially as the game went on, the Kings started to play much more one-on-one defense, which to me made no sense. You do not play Pascal Siakam one-on-one. And you especially don't play Pascal Siakam one-on-one when you're guarding him with a rookie in Keegan Murray, who, again, knocked out some big threes. He's going to get the Gerald Henderson award tonight. I was like, every time he knocked one in, I'm like, damn, this kid's impressive. But at the same time, defensively, every single time Pascal had this guy in isolation, he roasted this kid. He roasted him. You know, and Pascal, um, he's just, yeah, continues to be able to make shots. There's a play where mid-range Pascal spun into a double. I guess he didn't see the second defender coming. But when he's that tall and he's that big and the skill is there to, like, spin into a double team and still fade away and knock it in, no problem impressive you know pascal with the mid-range jumper in the third quarter pascal with the end-to-end layup you know you know fox complains about the travel you know gets a technical foul um but yeah and pascal just played so well in that third quarter offensively i think he had like 13 or 14 points in that stretch a lot of that was off of the defense as well but just just hunting these guys on mismatches and of course he started to close the game you know and i thought you know again you you do worry because watching the Raptors this season you just don't know you really don't know with this team you know they haven't shown you consistently that you can trust them yet because over the course of like 50 games here or 49 games Raptors have not been trustworthy so when they have these kind of performances when they're flowing well you're not you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop what's the fourth quarter going to say right and Sacramento comes out they're not going to have some some quick threes but guess what other guys start to step up precious you know with an up fake and then attacks a closeout, super quick twitch, goes all the way to the basket. He just explodes to the rim. You know, Precious obviously is still a diamond in the rough. You still got to refine and add the skill set. The three-point shot's going to continue. The handle's going to continue. The finishing's got to continue improving as well. But, man, the, uh, the, the that play where he upfaked on the perimeter to sort of draw the closeout, then quick twitch to blow past his guy, then get downhill one, two steps. I don't even know if he took a dribble or not, but he was able to just explode past the guys, took a bump on the way to the rim. No calls in this game. Doesn't matter. Precious still able to finish at the rim. There's something with Precious where he's got the same quick twitch athleticism as Pascal on the perimeter, but he has the same like physique and ability to sort of absorb contact and be unfazed by it on, you know, bumps to the rim the way Scotty does. And obviously, I'm not saying he's Pascal and Scotty combined because he would then be our best player. Um, but 
that's the potential that you see with Precious. And again, you got to continue to refine that skill set. But Precious, you know, he's able to make that play. He's able to knock down a corner three after Wancho chased down an offensive rebound. Wancho just makes a little hustle play here and there. They always really seem to work out for him, right? Either he's cutting to the rim or he makes this extra offensive rebound and he kicks out the three. Like, again, the box score is empty for him and he's still an impactful player. Um, when I look at the notes, then Precious, that's, you know, the dribble handoff from from Scotty again, no, nothing really in it, but Precious just explodes, turns on the afterburners, quick twitch from the top, gets the perimeter and gets in, or gets to the rim from the perimeter and gets a layup. You know, Precious has a little stretch there, which was huge, right? Um, and then offensively, the Raptors in that second group, you know, they weren't getting enough from OG, who made a couple of like, you know, really contested drives mid range, wasn't able to knock them down, whatever. Um, so Nick Nurse decides to switch it up instead of riding with the same group, which he started with in the, in the second quarter, started with them the same with the fourth quarter. He comes in, OJ and Obi, you know what? You come out, Gary Trent Jr. come in. Obviously, defensively, that's a bit of a downgrade, but offensively, you need something to at least match Sacramento. When they start to score, they score in bunches, they score quickly, and if you play bad on offense, they're going to run it back on you. And so Gary comes in and listen, he only made one jumper, but he made a tough turnaround jumper over Darren Fox. One of those where the defense plays perfect deep and, and Gary just says, okay, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm getting, you know, I got, I got experience. I got reps. I got touch on this mid range jumper and I'm just going to turn around and fade over you with a hand in my face and knock it down. It's one of those plays that sounds as a crowd, not to say that like that's some sort of game winner or anything like that. It was huge in the sense that it broke Sacramento's momentum because they were trying to make that push. And then seven-minute mark, Nick Nurse doesn't mess around. Okay, uh, Fred, Pascal, get back into this game. Close it out for me. And, you know, even though it was Pascal who was excellent in the third quarter, it was now Fred's turn to be excellent because he comes in and he makes four straight great plays uh, for the Raptors as the lead guard, right? Because first play, he drives downhill, attacks a closeout, up fake, and then Keegan Murray jumps on him and comes down two hands on top of Fred. Somehow that's not free throws. Again, somehow that's not free throws. Um, Instead, it's side out. Even though Fred's literally going to the basket for a layup, and he's getting hard fouled like that with two hands coming down on him. But okay. Next, so on the inbound, Fred drives again, gets downhill, draws two to him, and throws up a lob. And I, you never know if it was a lob or an alley-oop, but the effect is that he threw it up knowing that he drew two defenders to him. Great point by Alvin on that play. As a point guard, he definitely knows what he's, you know, that read in that particular play. And then Scotty's able to follow up with the alley-oop dunk. Okay. A beautiful, beautiful sequence there. Two great offensive plays. One to draw the foul. Should have been free throws. Next play, he beats the defense again. Sets up an even better look at a lob, right? Kevin Herter comes back in, fading three, late shot clock. It's a super lucky shot. Okay, Sacramento's crowd's back into it. Guess what? Fred comes down. You know, the Raptors are running the play. Okay, on one side of the floor, we're working with Pascal. Fred, you know, calls for the ball and immediately feeds Scotty in the post, right? Scotty takes two hard dribbles. A guy steps uh, w- one step towards him. Scotty kicks it out to Fred. Fred with a, you know, uh, quick twitch, uh, little, little, you know, like just a little up fake from, deep from three. The guy jumps, and then Fred steps inside the three-point arc for a, a calm mid-range jumper, knocks that down. And then next play, after the Raptors got to stop, Fred gets a pick and roll from Precious, feeds them. Precious finishes on the roll. Four straight possessions where the Raptors orchestrated by Fred score consistently bump the lead back up from like you know okay sacramento might cut this down to single digits to okay now this is back up to 17 18 the king's got to call timeout and you know again you sort of hold them off at bay and the kings come out with a different strategy okay they're like okay we just got beat by fred three straight plays uh we got to bliss them and they find they, they they trap fred after the timeout 
with a with with a hard trap at half court. Fred tries to make the extra pass out, but he he's a little bit too late. The defense was just caught him by surprise there, and Herder goes the other way for a dunk. So now it's like okay, Sacramento's got momentum again. But the Raptors continue to make great plays. Pascal starts to then isolate, you know, Murray again, you know, scores over him easily. Precious is able to follow up for a tip in there. Um, and then Precious is able to, you know, come back, force Fox into a turnover, uh, force Fox into a miss at the rim. Some great defense. And, and yeah, I mean, even late after Sacramento made one last three, Nick Nurse calls timeout with three minutes left. And they just run beautiful offense, beautiful, beautiful stuff. You know, the, the Kings will pull a full court press on the Raptors. Very funny to see another team full court press the Raptors, even having seen a whole year of the Raptors desperately full court pressing other teams. Finally, someone full court presses the Raptors because for the Raptors, they put the opponent in the position that they're usually in, having to make a late fake comeback. And so uh, Gary is actually one of the two guards in the backcourt who receives the pass breaks the pressure after passing it off to Scotty. And then Gary passes all the way down the middle. Scotty finds him with a quick pass. Cause sometimes when you got full court press like that, you just want to like get across half court and then just be like, Whew, okay, breathe that sigh of relief. Let's set up our offense. Now that we've got our, you know, offense, we got the ball past half without the, 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 the eight second count instead though, you know, Scotty resists that temptation feeds uh, Gary on the cut goes down in the middle for a layup. Then Fred with another steal, on Fox, Gary collects a loose ball, hits it ahead to Pascal, who's already streaking ahead of the play, layup. Um, you know, and then yeah, man, just Pascal with another mid-range ISO over Murray, easy money again. Um, and yeah, it's just some beautiful teamwork towards the end, too, man. The Kings uh double team Pascal, who had been roasting Murray, so finally bring a, a, a double team to him. Uh not only does Pascal read that the double is coming, but Scotty reads it too because his man comes over to double Pascal. Scotty then flashes from the low post to up to the free throw line area to create an easier angle for the pass out for Pascal so he can relieve the pressure against two guys. Then Scotty makes immediately after catching the ball in the middle, not a play for himself, but a high low feed to Precious, who makes another cut up fake to draw two guys flying past him because guys are out of position. They can only jump and, and Precious with the up fake to fake out the defenders, goes in for a layup. That's teamwork right there. That's teamwork. When you see your teammate is potentially in trouble, you read the whole situation, and you make the tic-tac-toe passes. It's beautiful stuff. Raptors play beautiful basketball today. And I know that there's been so much negativity on the season. Obviously, a lot of that is just straight-up self-generated. They're not playing well. Um, and, you know, look, the tone of the show has been up. It's been down. And I understand that. Listen, that's like the the whole idea, right? We sort of vibe with the with, with the situation here. But that does not mean that they are not capable of playing great basketball. Again, like you could show so much of this game to the team over and over again as a reminder of what they can be. Because everybody took turns stepping up here. I'm, the hardest thing for me assessing this game is just handing out the stars. I don't know who to, to favor the stars to. I really don't. You got a lot of guys who played so well tonight, um, you know, so, but, you know, if I had to hand out three stars and just three, obviously Pascal was getting my first one. I mean, I thought, I mean, not only was he great offensively, 26 points, 11 rebounds, four offensive, seven assists. I mean, 26 points, ethical buckets, only two free throw attempts, you know what I mean? And uh, made two threes, wasn't able to knock down a lot of the pick and pops, but didn't rely on those too much. Um, and the seven assists, so 26, 11, and seven for Pascal. But it's also the two steals, the two blocks. I thought he just played so well defensively. That third quarter, Pascal dominated that. That's when the Raptors had to blow this game open. He was awesome. He led the charge. He was a leader. And in this post-game interview, friend of the program, Savannah Hamilton, he talks about how the Raptors got to stay together. This is what together looks like. 
helping each other on offense, helping each other on defense. Beautiful, beautiful stuff. What a great win on the road. Um, honestly, one of Pascal's best games of the season. He 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 played really well in this one, especially after he struggled in the first meeting against Sacramento. If you remember, he shot a poor percentage. Um, your second star from tonight's game, man, it's gonna be tough. Um, I think I'm gonna give it to Precious though. I really love Precious's effort. 19 points on nine of 12 shooting. Uh, knocked down one of three from three, five rebounds, no blocks and no steals. But this is where you can't look at the box where he came in and made a lot of great defensive possessions. And I thought he maybe even started a little bit slow when he first checked in the first quarter, but he really got into the groove. And wow, the quick twitch, athleticism, the decision making, all that was great. It's just, you know, transition, stuff like that. I mean, again, it's all plays that you've seen Precious make. But since he's come back, Precious has been in a really good groove. And he changes a lot for this team. Not only is he the Raptors' best bench player, um, but he's also able to toggle in and, and start with the Raptors, as we've seen in the last two games. He's able, he's played three excellent games in a row, two double-doubles and now 19 points on 9-12 shooting. He's so important to this team. It changes the identity of the club. And, um, yeah, he played like it today, man. He was he was great. And then your third star, I mean, I mean, what do you what do you really go with this? I thought Chris Boucher has a, has a claim for this. 16 points, six rebounds, a steal, three blocks two threes, two offensive rebounds, just a perfect Chris Boucher stat line, very efficient as well. Obviously, he was a major part of the second quarter. Scotty Barnes was a major part of the second quarter, uh, only has seven points, but his overall impact in the game was excellent, guarded so many different possessions as he all, positions as he always does. Seven points, six rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, just to connect the play, very efficient game. Only shots you were really missing was some threes, which whatever, that's not necessarily his game. Um, but he connected the play beautifully. You could go to Fred, who, okay, he wasn't able to knock down catch and shoot threes at the start, uh, and two of nine is not a great number. But at the same time, his his help defense in this game was excellent. Four steals, two blocks, plus 20 on the night, 17 points, ran those four straight possessions in the fourth quarter to stop Sacramento's last push. I mean, honestly, i probably give it to him. <laughs> but Gary has a killing for this too. He played really well. Um, pretty much everyone played great. OG was probably the only exception, and even even him, he had a team high plus twenty four. Although that, he was just on the floor with a lot of good lineups, um, but yeah, I mean, great performance here. Uh, I'm gonna give it to Fred, but uh, ultimately, a lot of other guys can play well, and that's what it looks like when you play team defense, you know. And then your Gerald Henderson Award, I've already mentioned it. It's gonna go to Keegan Murray, the rookie. Uh, I think the fourth pick, sixteen points, three rebounds, four assists, uh, four threes made. You know tough player man he, he he can play especially offensively he's gifted um you know but yeah um defensively he was also targeted let's just say that he was targeted uh, but great defensive performance forcing nine turnovers out of Sabonis making De'Aaron Fox a minus 30 in 30 minutes for every minute he played the Kings lost by a point just wow wow and that's the only question you ask yourself is why don't they do this more often if they are capable of doing this, why not more often? And that's the question they got to answer themselves. But they got they come out with this kind of swagger again. They can beat any team in the league. They played that well tonight. So hopefully they do that. Uh, they're gonna have to. They're they, they're gonna have to. This is a, this is like literally do or die for this team, this franchise right now. And uh, they live to fight another day. So thanks everyone for listening. Appreciate everyone for following along. Anyone who listened live to this, staying up late, uh, definitely appreciate it the most. But uh, yeah, if you you know weren't able to stay up late for this, completely understand. Check this podcast out in the morning. Uh, rate, review, subscribe to the show, and uh, yeah, the vibes will be back for Thursday's episode of the Raptor Show. So stay tuned.